this up in my headphones, Charles. Turning it up. Hello, 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 everybody, one and all. Welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I am ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Dylan, as well. But uh, not just any fantasy today. I threw you off there. (laughs) I threw me off my rhythm. (laughs) Because today we are talking about the big one. We are talking about the Lord of the Rings. It's been a hot minute since we've discussed Lord of the Rings on the Friends Talking Fantasy podcast. It's been like, what? six to nine months who knows but when we read the when we read the lord of the rings trilogy but we're like you know what lord of the rings is a thing we haven't talked about it in a while how can we bring it back into the fold and what better way than through a good old-fashioned recommendation series episode yeah and the reason lord of the rings came up for us around this one is there's so many people out there who are super passionate about the Lord of the Rings, watching the movies over and over again, reading the books over and over again. And, you know, we we enjoy that a ton, too. And also, I think some of those folks are have not all taken the opportunity to try out some of the more modern fantasy or even just other fantasy content that is out there for them that they'd probably really love too. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of folks like that that we're hoping this will reach and we'll get the chance to have more stuff to add to their TBR that might be a great fit for their taste and what they love so much about Lord of the Rings. And we also know that lots of folks who read tons of stuff in the fantasy genre also love Lord of the Rings. And Mm -hmm. uh, who knows, even they might find some new things to add to the TBR because we went to Twitter, Charles, as we're wont to do when we want to make sure that we cast our net wide enough and get all sorts of recommendations that you and I might not have thought of if we were just left to our own devices. Right. And, you know, once again, the wonderful people of Book Twitter came out mm-hmm. and supported us and the community that they're a part of by offering a ton of incredible recommendations, some of which we've read, others of which... We might have to add to our TBRs <laughs> too. So that's we're very super true. Excited and I'm excited this. for this one. One, because Lord of the Rings is so popular and well loved. And then two, when it comes to recommendations for books, like it's like, oh, you love fantasy? Like any book, you know, like about fantasy has been influenced by Lord of the Rings in one way or another, whether it's indirect or direct. And I think the reasons why some of these books are being recommended is just as interesting as the books themselves, because Lord of the Rings has such a, a unique place in the history of fantasy and modern fantasy is the trends have changed. So it's interesting that to try have. and make those recommendations based off two totally different time periods and audiences and author influences and things like that. So let's um, let's get into it. Yeah. 
no further ado. So we're going to go down the list here on this Twitter thread and mm -hmm. read through these recommendations and see what comes up. So first up, we've got Nils at Nils Reviews It, and she's over at the Fantasy Hive, which is an awesome conglomerate of folks who are doing great stuff in the fantasy community. It's like a collaborative site. So uh, check that out if you're interested in that kind of content. And we've got a recommendation for John Gwynn, hmm. who we've heard so many amazing things about. And we're super excited to get into his work. Nil said John Gwynn, and she'll expand on that later. Er, uh, she also said, also Code of the Communer by my LOTR Tom Bombadil nemesis at Lost Dunedin. And uh, <laughs> there'll be, I'll share some of the wackiness that we get up to on Twitter <laughs> around all this Bombadil talk in a second. But let's start with John Gwynn here. Mm -hmm. And uh, John Gwynn, he came up over and over. I th we're going to say his name a lot on this episode because yes. he came up over and over again. That he did. And yes. And he he comes up all sorts of the place on Twitter, elsewhere. The last time you were in a bookstore, right, Charles? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. So he his work, there's the Faithful and the Fallen series is a big one. I think that was his first series and there's also this up he's got he's got two trilogies already out and then he's got this upcoming the shadow of the gods coming up that you and i charles will be reading oh yeah about a month or that episode will come out in about a month i think right. and yeah we we know that he ha he's prolific john gwynn in the sense that he has all of these books and i want to make sure to check in with Nils like what of his work people would most gravitate toward and Jim saying I'd suggest the faithful and the fallen mm -hmm. as more for Tolkien fans and the shout of the gods for Norse mythology fans so it sounds like Nils who's a huge John Gwynn fan she wrote an amazing review that uh, got me very excited about uh, the shadow of the gods and among many other great reviews that have me excited about John mm -hmm. Gwynn's work but it sounds like and, and this is the one that seemed to come up over and over again around John Gwynn mm -hmm. is the faithful and the fallen takes more of this typical Lord of the Rings high fantasy maybe epic fantasy type approach Charles and I we haven't read it but right. that's our sense and mm -hmm. you're going to hear us say John Gwynn's name yes. a lot so I'll leave that for now before we get into yeah. her other recommendation yeah no John Gwynn has come up over and over again in conversations that we have on social media and He's proven with uh, Faithful and the Fallen. Everyone likes that work. It's high on my TBR, but what everyone's like buzzing about right now, there's a lot of excitement around the release of The Shadow of the Gods. And right. it's coming out so soon. By the time we're recording this, it's like a week away. And 
we are going to be the first ones when the the doors open at the bookstore or when it becomes available to buy online. <laughs> I just pre-ordered it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a nice image. But, yeah, it's a nice image. Stores. Like I'll be waiting at the door. The uh, employees are going to switch the sign over, unlock the door. I'm going to walk in and buy it because we have plans to read it, record our book discussion turn it around and that's just part of how like excited the whole our whole twitter sphere is about this release and Mm -hmm. um we've read so many very glowing reviews about it already and i'm super excited so we're gonna see like dylan mentioned john gwen come up again and again and just wanted to put it out there that look there's a lot of excitement about this release of shadow of the gods and i'm really excited to see like how we can potentially compare it to lord of the rings potentially and it seems like this north mythology like mythology fans of in this case norse mythology will will, will be very yeah. interested to read I, it yeah i think that from nils's suggestion and what other folks are saying if you're tuning into this one for the like i'm a huge lord of the rings fan and i really want the thing from john gwynn that would be most lord of the rings focus then go uh, or most Lord of the Rings like, then it seems like going with the Faithful and the Fallen makes the most sense. But based mm-hmm. on what we're hearing about the Shadow of the Gods, and and if you want to tune into our discussion that we end up having about the Shadow of the Gods, then it's hard to imagine you can go wrong yeah. by picking that book up. Everyone's saying how incredible it is, and uh, I'm just so excited. And yep, we'll be reading yep. it soon. Yay! We will and be we'll talk about it on the show. <laughs> Yes, and and Nils did say about the Faithful and Fallen stuff, his world reminds me of Tolkien, but it's fresh too. Lots of great characters, high-stake battles, animals, and he's not sh- shy of killing off characters too as part of this. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we've got we've got more to talk about, though, Let's from, yeah, from Nils' suggestion, uh, which is Kai Greenwood, that's Atlas Dunedin's uh, Code of the Communer, and uh, he, uh, we haven't gotten the chance to read Code of the Communer yet, but I've had many interactions with Kai on Twitter that are a lot of fun, where he, he and Nils, and and me to some extent, (laughs) but definitely he and Nils more than anyone, have formed this rivalry, it seems, (laughs) around Tom Bombadil, where uh, Kai seems to be one of the few defenders of Tom Bombadil among oh. folks on Twitter, and he is all in on that defense of Tom Bombadil. And then we have Nils, who is in the anti-Bombadil camp. <laughs> I I had to I had to come down on a side here, so I've mostly been supporting the anti-Bombadil side of these things because i mean let's be let's be frank here that i've been accused of hastiness before (laughs) as we know and bombadil slows everything to a stop and things like that lord of the rings i won't get into the the details of it but yeah not wasn't a fit for my personal tastes and all that but but kai is out there so if you're a big bombadil fan give at lost dunedin a file a follow and check out all that defense of tommy b that's going on <laughs> you know say what you will about tommy b we're still talking about him 
That we are. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I mean, based on Kai's voice as a tweeter, I will say that I'm, I feel confident that Code of the Commuter would be a great pick too, especially because Nils is recommending it and putting her differences with <laughs> Kai aside uh-huh. in order to recommend it. So, so you know it's serious. Yeah, that's a that's a high endorsement. That's there. awesome. Yep. All right. Well, we'll keep this rolling Let's because keep the party going. Uh, next up, <laughs> this is convenient placement. Here is Edward Gwynn. At Edward GDM, ah. uh, it, and he's John Gwynn's son, and he's also a booktuber extraordinaire alongside his brother Will, uh, and they are the brothers Gwynn. I definitely recommend checking them out. And we got a recommendation for Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb mm. here, Charles. I'll, I'll read the tweet, which is, I just read Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb, and it felt very Tolkien-esque to me. The characters were full of heart. So, Charles, you and I have both read Assassin's Apprentice. Mm -hmm. You've read the entirety of the Farseer trilogy, and I'll probably toss it to you to talk more about Robin Hobb's Farseer trilogy and its relevance to Lord of the Rings fans here. I know I take it very seriously coming from Edward. Yeah, yeah, that's for certain. I would say, look, if you read Lord of the Rings and you liked it and you're poten- you're interested in maybe more character work or maybe you wanted to, to really get in the mind of certain characters, yeah. Assassin's Apprentice is, is great. It's committed to the perspective of Fitz and you really get into his head in a way we don't really get into the heads of Tolkien characters so that characters being full of heart is is absolutely rings true and you get even more of that in Robin Hobb's work I'd say like the main reason to pick up Assassin's Apprentice would be to really experience the character of Fitz who's a complicated character Uh, I feel like a lot of Lord of the Rings characters are either good or bad uh, with Gollum maybe being the exception but uh, where he's kind of all over the place morally and physically gray (laughs) yes exactly morally and physically gray indeed and then uh, you know with Robin Hobb it's not that simple and characters and relationships are just not that simple and it gets a little bit more messy uh and but the story becomes a lot more personal and Mm. so i think if you want that like you still want this like fun world and setting and 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 journey high fantasy high fantasy yeah you just want it to be a little more personal Mm. robin hobbs assassin's apprentice is a great recommendation for sure i i agree based on reading assassin's apprentice and I think that the the idea of characters full of heart is an interesting one because it, it does ring true for Tolkien's characters, but it wouldn't have been the first thing I thought of about mm-hmm. The Lord of the Rings is like, are these characters full of heart? But then you think of like Frodo and Sam's relationship yeah. and how tender that is. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking why, oh yeah, Robin Hobb's depictions of these of these characters who are in some ways, it seems like you said, Charles, maybe more complex than some of the characters in Lord Mm -hmm. of the Rings, but also have that vulnerability to them and that willingness to be tender with each other and try to put themselves out, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I've always appreciated. I mean, it's amazing when you put in context, 
the Lord of the Rings and these relationships between people like Sam and Frodo and even like Gandalf out right. there right. Uh, saying Gandalf, Gandalf and Pippin. Pippin. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's funny we said that at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm i all in on And you really can't go wrong with the Robin Hobb stuff. I want to revisit that pretty badly. I'll probably be pitching the yeah, Farseer trilogy. When I read that tweet because it's so, it's so funny. It's so funny because I read FTF tweets because Dylan tweets 99% of them. So all of a sudden it's news to me through tweet that Dylan is thinking of pitching the Farseer trilogy in Friends Pitching Fantasy. And it's like, really? After I pitched it to you? Hmm, that's so interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting play, Dylan. And are you still leaning that way? I know you had tweeted that a few weeks ago now, or last week. Yeah. I wouldn't lock it in just yet, <laughs> but I am expecting to pitch the Farseer trilogy, mm-hmm. Stormlight, the Stormlight Archives oh, by Brandon Sanders. <laughs> oh, I know the third one, and why would you do this to me? <laughs> and lastly, the Gentleman Bastard this series, the one beginning with the I lies of Locke you, I begged you not to do to me was to put, <laughs> make me choose between Stormlight and and Lies of Locke Lamora. <laughs> yeah, Scott Lynch's incredible series. So. Yeah, but stay tuned. I if I'm feeling generous, maybe I'll throw Skyward in instead of instead of Stormlight. But I don't know if I'll feel that generous, Charles. <sighs> I'm pitching standalones. We got all this Wheel of Time, and we got all this uh, whatever. Not for today, but we yes, got a lot uh, of exciting we'll stuff. Put a cooking, pin in that. But put a pin <laughs> in that. But look out for Robin Hobby. You know it's serious when we've read it and want to talk about it on the show. And Edward Gwynn is recommending it and uh yeah you can't go wrong if you haven't read it and you like lord of the rings and you want that really personal relationship with the main character pick up assassin's apprentice and 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 give it a read for sure well said charles all right very much let's keep this rolling because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we've we've got a recommendation here by Rob Fennelly, that's at Dragon Reborn 22. Oh, so how about that? That sounds nice. like a Wheel of Time fan over there, I would guess. And, <laughs> and I would think, I don't think Wheel of Time came up in this. That surprised me. Yeah, so that, was, that was in my notes to recommend myself because I was like, no one yeah. else is going to do it. All right. I guess it's me. <laughs> we Yeah. let we'll, we'll talk about Wheel of Time and all that kind of stuff. I think oh, maybe there's a sense that it's almost too obvious, but it definitely warrants saying Wheel of Time has a good recommendation for oh, Lord of yeah. the Rings fans. So we'll get into that, but let's let's give Rob at Dragon Reborn 22 a chance to shine here. They said, uh, I'd recommend the Forgotten Realms books written by a variety of authors, many of which have a similarity to Tolkien's work, with my personal favorite authors being R.A. Salvatore and uh, we've got Elaine Cunningham here. Mm-hmm. And alternatively, the Summer Dragon by at Todd Lockwood Art is, mm. and that's Todd Lockwood, is fantastic too. So, I have read one book by R. A. Salvatore, and it's one of those Legend of Drizzt. I, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly at all, mm-hmm. but Drizzt. 
uh, what? Yeah, I didn't audiobook that one. So it's <laughs> D R I Z Z T, and mm. these are world. These are books that take place in the Forgotten Realms universe of the Dungeons and Dragons fame, I guess, mm. for like a better way of me being able to explain it. And the book I've read is called Homeland. It's I think the first book in. The series, it's a very complicated. The Drizzt series has, it, I think, 36 books in it. The mm. Legend of Drizzt, so it's a, it's a lot to follow here. And it's the first book in the Dark Elf trilogy. Drizzt's a, a dark elf. And I I read it. It's It was published in 1990, and it does, for me, it read like it was published in 1990. And uh, there are some things that do did feel a little bit dated as is ha- as happens 30 years after publication um and maybe some of the new stuff feels more contemporary I, I, w- I haven't checked it out but it does make a lot of sense as a recommendation for lord of the rings fans based on what i read because if we're talking dungeons and dragons here we are talking or forgotten realms as a subsidiary i guess of that <laughs> we are talking about a world that has elves and dwarves and halflings because they are not allowed to say hobbit and things like that so if you read books that are set in the forgotten realms world i imagine you'll be dealing with a lot of these different fantasy races and all sorts of monsters and creatures and things like that that you'd expect and magic will be a lot more free-flowing than in some of these more modern grimdark feeling worlds that are more low fantasy so i i think that it makes a ton of sense here and is a a good Mm. recommendation and i think that i haven't obviously i haven't read as much as it sounds like rob has but i i totally see it as a recommendation here for lord of the rings fans yeah i haven't read any of these books but i'm familiar with some of these authors and i think you know i really appreciate the rex i know i'm adding to my tbr (laughs) because <laughs> i love lord of the rings so i'm always looking for for a new way to capture some of that magic so that's fantastic yeah and we we did have another recommendation uh, from pixie is a person's name on twitter at next on stage one which said icewind dale by ra salvatore and that's part of that drizzle oh. series i believe also yeah, this is not Ari Salvatore's first time in one of our recommendation series by any means. So, mm-hmm. like, it's enough. To, you hear an author enough times that you're like, I just gotta actually, I just gotta crack a cover on one of these books. You know, it's I'm excited. Yep. And that's that why I appreciate sense. these recommendation series so much because when we do enough of them, all of a sudden these similar authors, like how many times have we heard John Gwynn now to where we're finally going to be reading Shadow of the Gods and it just feels yes. so exciting. And there's a few other authors like that that have been coming up over and over again that i haven't read that i'm just the next opportunity i get i'm very interested in in taking you know in taking a look at and ra salvatore is definitely up there well said charles all right let's keep and, and by the way me too these recommendations things what i love is this idea of if it was just you and me giving recommendations that's only two perspectives right. and then we get the opportunity here where we get so many more perspectives and such a more eclectic group of recommendations and i I love that we get the chance to do this so let's keep doing it charles Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. great next next up here is 
at Green Team Pod. Oh. And that's, yeah, the Legendarium Green Team Podcast, who we love. They just did a, an interview with Steven Erickson. That's so awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a dream come true. So that I was listening to that, and Steven Erickson so eloquent. They did a great job hosting it. So I definitely highly recommend checking out that. Steven Erickson is the, I think it's, I'm going to try to say it right. <laughs> I only know Malazan the way I say is how it. you're supposed to say it. It's, we say Malazan usually, yeah. but I'm trying. Uh, Malazan, I think, is how it's said. Oh, um, but if a lot of people know it as Malazan, Book of the Fallen, um, and he's an extremely successful author and seems like a really nice dude from their interview. So go check that out. I've, yeah, I think that you'll enjoy it. So. Green Team had a bunch of recommendations here. We got Aching God by Mike Shell. He's a nice brotherly bond. Sounds like some Sam and Frodo type stuff. Uh, the Iron Tower Trilogy by Dennis McKiernan. It's a ripoff, so it sounds like maybe a little bit Tolkien clone-esque, uh, which is a thing that a lot of people say about a lot of the works that followed <laughs> Tolkien yeah. and did a lot of very similar things. We've got War of the Light and Shadow by Jenny Wirtz. Similar writing style, not plot slash world building. So I imagine this almost above the action, epic feeling style of storytelling that I think of Tolkien as having. And Jenny Wirtz has another series, or I think it's just a standalone that is on my TBR. I'm blanking on the it's like to ride hell's chasm is what it's called mm. that it's been on my tbr for that's a, a while great that, title that's right it's one of those that the title is like yes yeah, it's <laughs> so, okay. and i've heard great things so jay where it sounds like could be a good recommendation for that and they said and one more in, in the next tweet and this would be this, this came to my mind first as a modern not first necessarily as before green team bot i mean when we started thinking about it i was like this is the first thing that comes to mind for me is the Raira revelation, or they said Raira series by Michael J. Sullivan. Ah, it's a bond books. between main characters, quest to save the world, easy, good, slash, bad. And uh, that was the, like I said, the thing that I'm like, okay, you're a Lord of the Rings fan and you want to get more into modern fantasy. I feel like the world that Michael J. Sullivan puts you in is very Tolkien-esque in terms mm. of, again, the different fantasy dwarves and elves and bigger magic-type thing and epic stakes and incredible, I think, delivery on plot twists and wrapping everything up in an extremely satisfying way and all this stuff. But just the dialogue and the interactions mm. between the characters and relationships, especially Royce and Hadrian, who are an incredible duo with yeah. great banter. Yeah. This is like, okay, you want a modern fantasy wreck from Dylan and sounds like a green team for you as a Lord of the Rings fan looking to get into this more contemporary stuff. Raira Revelations, and there's a lot more. There's Raira Chronicles, all this kind of stuff. And Michael J. Sullivan's work is an amazing place to go, and I've, I'm so happy that they brought this one up. Yeah, that's a great wreck. I've read the Raira Revelations, and I really enjoyed them, but the, the, I didn't even think to like recommend them for this, but it's a great wreck. Uh, 
like for all the reasons you said, Dylan, I'll just say that the relationship between Royce and Adrian is just so fun and the world they're in it is classic fantasy setting but their characters just jump off the page so it just feels fresh and fun is i'd say Mm -hmm. a big reason to pick these books up so if you're just looking to have fun in a fantasy world and you like lord of the rings this is a great (laughs) wreck and it's a great foray like you said into modern fantasy so it's very accessible yes as well Mm -hmm. which is I mean, I don't know. I read Lord of the Rings for the first time after reading lots of fantasy. I only read it for the first time this last summer. And I would describe Rayur as much more accessible (laughs) than I would describe reading the Lord of the Rings now. It's just the way the dialogue reads and all that kind of stuff is it really appealed to me. And that was one that Charles, as soon as I read that, I was like, dude. Yeah, this is, this is a good one. I I, I wrecked it to you as yes. a Lord of the Rings fan many years so, ago. Yes, and I read it ago. and thought it was great. So it's a great wreck. All right. Well, let's keep this rolling here. We've let's got Elir Lisa, which I I take Elir to be a King Killer Chronicle reference. I'm mm. assuming. Okay. So yeah. Uh, that would be my guess. You're speaking and, our language. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> at Emberant Alir, that's the Twitter handle, and they said, the Abhorsen series by Garth Nix, the first book Sabriel introduces a really interesting world and magic system, including a unique twist on necromancy as Sabriel embarks on a journey to rescue her father. Subsequent books follow other female protagonists in the same world. And that, I think, sounds like an awesome recommendation. This has been on my... Garth Nix's Abhorsen series, especially the first book, Sabriel, has been on my TBR for a while. This is one that I've had recommended to me by folks out in... I almost said the real world, but Twitter is part of the real world. uh, Or at least it is for me. (laughs) So I... Yeah, like people, I've had this recommended to me at a party, believe it or not, back in the mm. days when that was a, a thing. Um, <laughs> when someone found out I was interested in fantasy books, they're like, have you read Sabriel? I love that book. And I've also heard this recommended by RJ, who is the host on Entirely the Right Sort of Podcast, which is uh, not on our thread here, but just in an episode on that podcast uh and she's obviously a big king killer chronicle fan herself as someone who hosts a podcast primarily focused on the king killer chronicle and she expounded lots of amazing things about this series and sabriel this book in particular that had me extremely excited to get into it so you can check out that episode if you want to hear a more focused i guess Uh, a more focused reason as to why check out these books than we'll be able to provide as two people who haven't gotten the chance to read it yet. But Mm -hmm. this is one that's very much on my radar and it sounds like got a lot of these high fantasy elements with uh, lots of magic and world building is a big part of being a, I think for a lot of Lord of the Rings fans. And that's why I like this recommendation because I, I feel like what, how Lord of the Rings really like the strengths of it is this idea of world building and setting. Yeah, you know, there, there's so much 
history and lore built into the story already. So this idea that the place is very interesting and the world is very interesting is a great place to come from when you're thinking of how to recommend other fantasy books for Lord of the Rings. Like my my mind went the same way. It's like, okay, you need to recommend something that has a really great setting, really great world, and, you know, some great high fantasy elements. Like that's where my mind went. And it seems like, you know, this recommendation did the same thing. And I really appreciate that. And combined with your history with being recommended to this, this yeah. series and this idea of necromancy, I find really interesting. Right. So I'm, I'm all, all, I'm all in. Yeah. Now this is a big. This is one that's very big on on my radar right now too. It's so exciting. Maybe you I could pitch that instead that of one of those heavy we'll hitters many, on FPF. I don't know. Like we'll have many opportunities <laughs> to pitch many more books. So let's keep rolling here because we were lucky enough to get a recommendation from Sarah over at Fiction Fans Podcast. Oh, great at Fiction Fans Pod. She gave a couple of recommendations. Yes, so yes. I was hoping she would because I, from what I've seen on Twitter and Instagram, uh, especially of uh, you know Sarah specifically, I, I can tell that she's a big Tolkien fan. So I'm really interested to get into this one. Yeah. So Sarah said in one of her posts also... Oh, <laughs> see, I'm starting with the one that says also. <laughs> okay, let's start at the beginning. If they're interested in more of Tolkien's mythology, then I'd recommend The Children of Hurin, Beren, and Luthien. I hope I said that right. Sorry, Lord of the Rings fans, if I did (laughs) not. And The Fall of Gondolin. So uh, then she goes on to say, also maybe Inda by Sherwood Smith, if they're interested in books with a similar level of detailed world building. So it sounds like Sarah went this route of, first off, if you like Tolkien, you might like Tolkien, yeah, uh, which is always a good way. Which to that go, was something I, I was like, "Does the Hobbit count?" Because, <laughs> like, because <laughs> I'd recommend that, <laughs> right? Yes, and I, I saw Sarah on here did go further with the Inda recommendation because that's not one that we're overly familiar with. I have heard great things about it, uh, but she said. Uh, she said, I shout about it a lot, LOL. All the titles can be confusing, but I love the rich history of the world and the diversity of the characters. Mm. There are also a lot of very epic battles. You definitely should read it. So I think, yeah, I think Sarah nailed the type of things that make sense to be thinking about here for recommendations for Lord of the Rings fans. Some of what you were talking about too with this world right. building. And, stuff. and that's interesting to me because I've read the Lord of the Rings trilogy multiple times. I've read The Hobbit multiple times but for whatever reason maybe it's like a slightly like it seemed, I'm not, I mean I'm going to say this, but in, intimidating process to step mm. into the expanded lore and she does mention things like, oh, uh, like I feel like some of these things might be more accessible than others. And to have someone that's read it all that can guide you through it, it, it is appreciated because for whatever reason, for all the years I've devoured Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, I always felt like those other things were just going to be like for whatever reason, not in my in my wheelhouse. Like they'd be more like textbooks than than like narrative s- stories. Right. So, but he, I've never read them, so professor. I don't know why I'm feeling that. Yeah, he was a professor, and he you know is 
like a lot of it was his obsession with languages and history and and yeah. folklore and things like that that caused him to create the story so it only makes sense that he would have put a lot of effort into these things and then they were later released as books so yeah it's like okay but should i read that if i just liked lord of the rings the story am i really going to get anything out of some of these other works that were like bound and published and it's good to see some of them being recommended here by sarah who i know is a big uh, tolkien fan so yeah it's appreciated well said charles and we've got another podcast coming on here words about books podcast at wab pod that the recommendation feels relevant. You're just talking about the Hobbit and some of this more ex- expanded lore from mm-hmm. Tolkien. And they said, maybe more for fans of the Hobbit specifically, I'd recommend the once and future King parts oh, of it yeah. haven't aged well, but if you can look past them, it's pretty good. And they go on to say for fans of the Salmarillion, I'd recommend the poetic Edda specifically Jackson Crawford's translation. So that some of these more, broad Tolkien recommendations coming our way here. And Charles, you're a huge fan of The Hobbit. You pitched it uh, mm-hmm. recently, although I went with The Wizard of Earthsea. Yeah, it was a Chris tough choice. You know, no wrong choice there. But yeah. I, was, I, I was excited at the prospect of reading The Hobbit, but I loved reading Wizard of Earthsea we'll too. We'll get there. So, yeah, we'll get there. It's, it, it, <laughs> we're going to keep doing Friends Talk <laughs> Fantasy. There's no escaping us doing an episode on The Hobbit. Yeah, so yeah. It, we'll get there. Although Sarah did, Sarah from Fiction Fans did recently do a poll about whether or not I should, well, that's generous to call it whether or not I should read The Hobbit because the two choices on the Twitter poll were like yes immediately and yes of course yeah. uh, <laughs> which seems a little unfair but honestly i i said too i was like i voted for yes of course yeah. i mean because like i don't know it's like immediately i've got we're, we're trying to read best of cold over here yeah. we got some other stuff yeah but yes of course of course we're yes, gonna yes, read yes. the hobbit on ftf <laughs> so um sounds like once it, once a future king a good wreck for folks who love that book. And this has been it's... high on my TBR for a long, long time, mm-hmm. Once in Future King, and I've almost pitched it a few times. And for a lot of reasons, it gets recommended a lot. It comes up on a lot of best fantasy books. And mm-hmm. Lev Grossman, the author of The Magicians, who I um, greatly admire, and I love The Magicians, has listed it as an influence, and he has a blurb on some of the modern prints of Once and Future King. So that has had my attention for so long, and, I, and I'm just missing that little push to get into it. And just to have it come up on a recommendation series for Lord of the Rings, no less. It's like, yeah. well, I mean, how much more convincing do I need at a certain point? So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to one day cracking the cover on this book. It, it's inevitable. I'm, I'm very excited to read it. Well said, Charles. Yeah, I mean, it's iconic. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it either, but there's something to be said for something this iconic that yeah. just being fans of fantasy and wanting to understand the genre and its origins and its influences. And I mean, once in future King makes so much sense. Yeah. Exactly. I imagine has that epic nature of Lord of the Rings that a lot of folks tuning in for recommendations for fans of Lord of the Rings would appreciate. So sounds like those are great recommendations here. Definitely. All right. Well, next up, we've got Shauna Lawless 
at Shauna L. Wright. And she she said, I'd say The Faithful and the Fallen series by John Gwynn. Ah, there we go. And <laughs> enough said, right? <laughs> we told I, you his name was going to be coming up quite a bit. Yes. So. <laughs> and she got a lot of likes on, I mean, it was one of the most liked comments on this thread too which goes to say that just an unabashed endorsement of go read the faithful and the fallen by john gwynn is just yeah yeah like a lot of people are like yes do that <laughs> like with no more it. need to be said <laughs> so we will i mean it's another one of those i think the way we're seeing it if we are choosing between yes of course and yes immediately here our yes immediately is the shadow of the gods yes the day it comes out we will start reading it yes uh and our yes of course is we will get to the faithful and the fallen but well it sounds said. like it might be a yes immediately for fans of lord of the rings to pick up the faithful and the fallen if you want something that is more similar to tolkien's work right very well said agreed completely Right. So let's keep this rolling. We've got a recommendation from Lord Samper's library Mm. at Lord Samper. And they said, or the winter of, there's an or. Mm. I hope I'm not missing another. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. I see some, I see some earlier posts here that you may be. uh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, what? Yeah. Uh, Lord Samper's library began by saying the Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn series by Tad Williams. Very Tolkien-esque, but totally doing its own thing all at the same time. And I mentioned this in my in my comment, my response to Lord Samper's library here. And this is what I always, pretty much will immediately say when I hear of Tad Williams' work, because I haven't gotten the chance to read through it yet, is he gets taught constant and tons of credit from George R. R. Martin himself. <laughs> You've probably heard of him. Yeah. The author of A Song of Ice and Fire who attributes a lot of influence of his work toward Tad Williams and his Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn series. And because of that, as someone who hasn't had the chance to read through it yet, I've kind of in my conceptualization of these huge pillars of influence in fantasy of course you're putting Tolkien out there as a huge pillar and you're also putting George R.R. R. Martin as one of those Absolutely. pillars an extremely influential voice in this genre and then I've thought that somewhere in between that is probably where Tad Williams work sits as almost a a bridge in between this Tolkien style of writing and then this more, uh, I don't know if I would call A Song of Ice and Fire grimdark per se, but darker fantasy that's more gritty and then I think was clearly and and explicitly said by someone like Joe Abercrombie, who's at Lord Grimdark, um, that Martin's work was hugely influential toward the generation of this more like grim dark fantasy and, and Abercrombie's work. So I've thought of Tad Williams as like maybe a, uh, a bridge for folks who are like, I really like the Lord of the Rings. I'm not sure if I'm moving toward this more like dark gritty fantasy or what, but I want to check something out in between. Mm. That's where I imagine Tad Williams lies. And we did have yeah. another. Yeah. That, no, that's really interesting because I don't know if I would 
I would always recommend people read A Song of Ice and Fire, but for for Lord of the Rings fans, uh, I didn't recommend it, and that's just because uh, yeah. it's such an abrupt shift. Like George R. R. Martin mm. is a fantastic author, but there's things you got to be ready for. You know, there's lots of like tons yes. of characters, tons of violence, tons of all kinds of like grim dark situations and and things of that nature. But it's interesting to think of the bridge between these two mm. authors, and that would be a great recommendation. So it actually has me very interested. It, it's put Tad Williams on my radar. So I I appreciate that. Yes, from Lord if, Sam, uh, if George R. 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 Martin, <laughs> if George R. R. Martin's recommendation wasn't doing it already for you, you, you have a few more here, Charles. That mm-hmm. we <laughs> does that sound snarky? <laughs> Probably a little bit. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate your recommendations. I was just trying to rip Charles a little bit yeah. there, uh, and we did get another recommendation that we very much appreciate for Tad Williams' work from Micah Hall at Mix Five Master Five Micah and. Yeah, there's also Last King of Ostinard is another trilogy, it sounds like. So, Tad Williams, totally on our TBR. And I've listened to him get interviewed uh, on... Uh, I, I, I'm trying to remember which... Po- Tad Williams? Sorry, yeah, Tad Williams, yeah. And okay. he seems like a really interesting dude. Yeah, so, like, really f- insightful and thoughtful and, like interesting i think he's really into music and like had a band when he was younger and i i could be wrong about those things but because <laughs> it's just a vague memory of an interview but he seems like a really nice dude and really interesting dude so i imagine his work is interesting too awesome yeah i bet cool and and Lord Samper's library went on to say that or the winter of the world series by Michael Scott Rohan draws on the same influences that Tolkien nod to in his own works. And Charles, you got on Twitter did, here that on your personal did. account, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Charles M dot C dot at Charles underscore MC underscore. You got a lot of periods. It, 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 and it, 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 I, I was late to the Twitter game. You try creating a <laughs> handle like two weeks ago and come up with something unique without needing an underscore. <laughs> I went with uh, at Dylan R. Marsh, and it was it was fun. Okay, well Charles was Charles W. McLaughlin or Charles McLaughlin, they weren't available. Okay, they were taken. <laughs> Or yeah. too long, or with some other thing. Charles MC was taken. <laughs> Charles underscore MC was taken. Charles MC underscore was taken. So did you give me a break here? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> no, I actually, I said to you too that I really liked that you went with Charles MC because it is a play on your last name. Mm-hmm. And this MC, like you're on the mic. So I, I actually really like that. But it, it is funny seeing the, the underscores flying around there, Charles. And I know you're, yeah. You're someone who appreciates like simplicity and stuff, so I'm sure you would have, uh, you you wanted that just Charles MC, but those underscores are helping you out. It's it's cool, and and I think Mark Lawrence does a Mark, uh, like two underscore Lawrence. So you're in great company with friend of the show, Mark Lawrence, mm-hmm. there. So anyway, I, I, <laughs> to actually say the thing. You said you mean beyond having the name Rohan yeah. to his like uh, to their Comment. Michael Scott Rohan recommendation here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well done, Charles. Nice tweet. Thank I don't you. know a lot about Thank Michael you. Scott Rohan's work, but you got on there. You did your thing. Appreciate <laughs> whenever you hop on Twitter. Yeah, no, it was fun. I, yeah, you, you created such a great environment on Twitter that I just had to have a. A piece, uh, play a part in it in some way, and, and it's a lot of fun. So, um. yeah, and give that 
give at Charles underscore MC underscore oh a follow if a you plug? if you're in the mood. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. I don't like telling people what to do. I, <laughs> so I, I'm like, if you want to hear Charles on Twitter, then that's a great place to go. Yeah, and if you want to hear me try to be on Twitter, you know, I'm not as good at it as Dylan is. So I'm, um, I'm like, is this right? And you're like, no. And I'm like, well, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> he does try, and we do. I I love when you get on Twitter. I think it's it's a lot of fun. Although there were times where I'd be like. That's not how you do a thread, Charles. <laughs> like, let me let me show you how you do a thread. Yeah, yeah. But, all right. Uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Let's get to uh, another what, recommendation, yes. Dylan. <laughs> well, recommendations so, is... <laughs> for fans of The Lord of the Rings. That's what we're doing. Let's hear it. So, yeah, this is what happens, by the way, when Charles lets me drive an episode. <laughs> Usually you'll notice Charles is a little more the guiding voice, and I just come in with nonsense. <laughs> but so, Dylan's created is... such a network on social media that uh, he's better served to navigate it. <laughs> so uh, where are we going, Dylan? What's yes, next? We're go- yes, we're going toward Jody from WNS Book Club. That's at WS underscore book club. And... She gave a bunch of recommendations here. The Swan's War Trilogy by Sean Russell. Then we have Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn by Tad Williams. That one might ring a bell. Then we've got The Master of Sorrows by Justin T. Call. We've got The Shadow of What Was Lost by James Islington. The Rune Lords by David Farland. Lord of the Isle series by David Drake. And Jody, thank you so much for coming in with all of these amazing yeah. recs. We'll we'll narrate a lot of those we don't know particularly. Of. I've we've had some great interactions. I think with uh, Justin T. Call on uh, Twitter, so I want to uh, give him a shout out and say that another one of our buddies on Twitter, Elaney, she seems to really love his work, and I'm I'm sure we would too if we checked it out. Another. Another series that pops out to me here looking through these is The Shadow of What Was Lost by James Islington. And uh, Eleni, who I just mentioned, and some other awesome folks on Twitter, like uh, S- Sam from The Book in Hand and uh, David S., uh, who's a reviewer at FanFi Addict, they did a buddy read of this uh, series mm-hmm. by James Islington. And they seem to really love it. And they got me real excited about when I do. It was on my, like, that, you know, that vague TBR that's like, I want to read this at some point with no clear when that's necessarily going to happen, which was my entire TBR before we started doing, uh, before we started doing uh, Friends Talking Fantasy. But this, the Lycanius trilogy, if I'm saying that right, it has been hailed as kind of the the next wheel of time I've heard it called before. Wow. I think if you I think if you go to Amazon and check out that book it'll it'll say something like that. And uh, folks a lot of folks listening probably know the wheel of time by Robert Jordan we'll get more into that as one of our recs. But that is high yeah this uh, they say on on Amazon the series that fans are her- heralding as the next wheel of time, and I think it h- hits on a lot of these more high fantasy stuff. It came out in 2014, the first book, The Shadow of What Was Lost, and it's dealing with things like uh, the sounds like they call them 
augurs, uh, and for my sense, it's probably things like prophecies and, and even gods being involved and high fantasy and questing and uh, the Guardian described this as storytelling assurance rare for a debut fans of Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson will find much to admire I mean this is one that as I keep talking about it is moving up and up from my more nebulous TBR toward like Charles maybe you and I need to talk after the show about how to how to make something like this happen at some point in the relatively near future. We are reading yeah, the We've got time friends right pitching now. fantasy. Yes. You don't know have to oh, pitch yeah, Stormlight yeah. and Gentleman Bastards and the same uh, and Robin Hobb all at once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> Charles, thoughts on... Well, Lycanius. what I really... Uh, well, absolutely, I'm really excited about all of these like the next but my my brain is like the next wheel of time let's get through the first one (laughs) we're we're like on book four of wheel of time the the series and then when we're looking for more we can do a recommendation series for wheel of time and we can get recommended that and we can be like let's do it that's what i'm thinking um i'm looking at these other recommendations that jody put out which i greatly appreciate these are a lot of of good ideas. And what I love about the recommendation series is that we can start to hear, like we get enough numbers that like you hear Tad Williams and like the third time today, it's like, okay, well obviously this has now become a gap in my reading experience as a (laughs) fantasy fan. And I'm very excited into getting into Tad Williams as well. So those are the ones that stick out to me as well. But all of these sound super interesting. I'm going to have to like open a tab in my yeah. in my uh, browser here and take a look at some of these. But yeah, thanks for the recs. I, I'm excited to really get into them. Yeah, thanks, Jody. And sounds like definitely the kind of stuff that Lord of the Rings fans would be into from what mm-hmm. I know about these series. So then we've got uh, Max the book pyramid at book pyramid who said the ember blade by chris wooding only book one is out but man it gave me lotr vibes and that's what we're looking for we are looking for those lotr vibes i don't know a lot more about it sounds like it's very recent Hmm. then since only book one is out so yeah always Uh, good to be on the cutting edge of what's coming out you know right and that's a big thing for me with this Lord of the Rings episode is like, what kind of stuff is a person who's really into this series that came out a long, long time ago? Uh, what kind of stuff can they look at now in a book that is this early on is, I think, pretty cool to be able to recommend to folks of fans of such a classic series. So, all right, we'll keep it rolling here. The, the next recommendation comes from Logan F. Goodner at Logan Goodner 7. And it's another one of those Faithful and Fallen by John Gwynn. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Of course. And, yes. And sounds like that's an incredible recommendation. Yeah, for I mean, we told you John I Gwynn was going to keep coming up. Like, we warned you guys ahead of time. Look, you're going to hear a lot of John <laughs> Gwynn today. And don't be so surprised now that, that Logan F. Goodner is dropping it. It seems like a really great recommendation. And we right. are working on getting some John Gwynn into our vocabulary. And we can't wait. We're just starting with Shadow of the Gods because that's what's coming out. And but we have not forgotten about Faithful in the Fallen, and we are both mm-hmm. eyeing it. Um, 
with a lot of interest. So yeah. Yes, of course. And <laughs> then Lightbringer by Brent Weeks mm. came up as well, Charles. Okay. I and, haven't read yeah, Lightbringer. Yeah. I've read Night Angel trilogy mm. and but I like a very popular consensus about Brent Week's work at this point is that Lightbringer is like his magnum opus currently. So mm. he, like a lot of people just recommend if you want to read Brent Week's, just go to Lightbringer. Uh, but I read Night Angel trilogy and I was I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I can't speak to Lightbringer, but Night Angel trilogy was very grim dark and had lots of like graphic yeah. scenes and l- lots of like gore and stuff. Which look, I I find some of that stuff to entertaining in the right setting. Brent Weeks does a really good job of using that, but it's very much slotted in the grim dark category. I, I can't speak to Lightbringer, but I would say you know be open to a bit more of these grim dark elements if you're going into Brent Weeks's work, but. That makes sense, Charles. I know this was one that you pitched to me, I think, in our first ever Friends Pitching Fantasy yes. to try to get me to read. And it was kind of a, you pitched like Lord of the Rings. I think you pitched Lord of the Rings, Wheel of Time, and the Night Angel. And Night shows. Angel, not, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you hadn't read Lightbringer. Mm-hmm. I haven't read any of Brent Weeks' work, so it feels like Brent Weeks' work is probably... I don't know why I didn't bring this up when we got asked this on the 100th episode special, because now that I'm thinking about it, probably the biggest gap in my like well there's the hobbit <laughs> mod- modern pillars of modern fantasy oh yeah modern. i mean and it's also like which authors have you yet to read which yeah. is a whole nother conversation from like which books because i like, guess yeah i haven't read the hobbit i'll yes of course and i want to but i've read tolkien i've read yeah, the lord of the yeah, rings yeah but I haven't read anything by Brent Weeks, and I'm like, yeah. what am I doing? And I think here? you would like him, you know. He, <laughs> Me too. Like, yeah. You've always been a fan of the more grim, dark genre yeah. of fantasy, and he's very accomplished in that world. And I enjoyed what I, we, I enjoyed Nine Angel Trilogy quite a bit, and I'm very open to <laughs> reading Lightbringer soon. And you know, uh, I read it and. I read it. I recommended it coming off of us reading Mistborn because I think it's just like another step further into the grimdark world as a Mistborn fan. I think it would be a very smooth transition. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, like you said, he's one of the pillars. So the idea of going from Tolkien to Bren Weeks, it's uh, you have to be ready to make some of that jump into the more graphic content. But if you're, if that interests you, then you have nothing to lose. He's a very accomplished author and I recommend what I've read from him. And from the perspective of this Lord of the Rings recommendations episode, it's interesting. I'm looking at Brent Weeks's Twitter bio right now. And at this time, the first thing he says on it is epic fantasy writer, which makes a lot of sense then for a Lord of the Rings recommendation. It doesn't get much more epic. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's probably fair to say, right, Charles? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, when you think Lord of the Rings, you think epic, it is an so. epic adventure, right? A lot of fantasy now has become a little more like introspective and consolidated, and mm-hmm. w- where Lord of the Rings stands out is that it's not so much about necessarily characterization as much as it is about like the epic. It's good versus evil. It's these angelic powers and these demonic powers, and it's and it's themes of 
love and compassion and goodness it's like that's what makes it epic (laughs) not necessarily that the story is incredibly good which it is but it's also the stakes and the themes are at the highest level of uh, of like epicness and i I would say um yeah i would say maybe like earthsea kind of takes on those epic themes as well of like it doesn't get much higher than like Mm. love and death <laughs> you know, like, like yeah, it doesn't those... get much higher than love and death <laughs> yes. that's pretty fair so it's like that's in my how i would describe epic in terms of a fantasy mm-hmm. novel and then also there's the epic nature another way i would describe it is kind of like how i imagine stormlight or wheel of time is mm. epic in that it is massive <laughs> it's a massive 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 works spanning lots of books yeah. and huge lore and tons of world building which Lord of the Rings has tons of that stuff as well. So it's epic in both senses, which is why I think it's fair to like make those comparisons. Well said, Charles. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's awesome. So next up we've got Lord Grumpy Dark. Lord with Grumpy a Dark recommendation. Left a recommendation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He he must this must have somehow gotten onto his radar. That's exciting. And at Lord Grumpy Dark. And Lord Grumpy Dark said, Daughter of Flood and Fury by <laughs> Levi Jacobs, friend of the show, Levi Jacobs. No surprise And there. <laughs> uh, put a Taylor Swift gif that says, I never leave well enough alone. Mm. Yes, Lord uh, Grumpy Dark is always a... Uh, say two things about Lord Grumpy Dark. <laughs> he, he loves Daughter of Flood and Fury by Levi Jacobs, as the book one of the that, Tide Collar yes. Chronicles. And he loves Taylor Swift. So... <laughs> No surprise here that we've gotten (laughs) both of those in this recommendation series. I would reply back to Lord Grumpy Dark. Daughter of Flood and Fury is a great wreck, especially if you're looking for more action and you maybe want to turn the the violence up a little bit. It's fast-paced. It's first-person. It's um, young adult. uh, So if you like Lord of the Rings and those Mm. descriptive words also intrigue you, then read Daughter of Flood and Fury uh, by Levi Jacobs. You cannot go wrong. Yeah, and you'll be supporting... Levi's a, a hybrid author these days, but mm-hmm. Daughter of Flood and Fury is independently published, self-published. Uh, so getting to support an indie author and just an all-around great dude. Yeah, never Levi a Jacobs. bad thing you to know, do. We, we love yeah, Levi Jacobs. We had him on and mm-hmm. on the show, and he was a blast to hang out with. We're, yeah. Uh, where, where there are murmurings uh, <laughs> of him potentially coming back Doors on the show. <laughs> yes. And he's just a, a an awesome dude, a great author. And I think the thing about Daughter of Flood and Fury as a wreck here, and, and you know, Lord Grumpy Dark uh, didn't expound upon this recommendation. <laughs> I, I think he must have seen it as this kind of like, the way people were recommending The Faithful and the Fallen by John Gwynn and just leaving it at that. Well, I, think I thought he was never going to leave well enough do. alone. Like, come on, Lord Grumpy Dark, which is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll have to tweet that at him. Oh, I don't know if I want to antagonize him. He's <laughs> he, In that respect, he will not leave well enough alone for sure. <laughs> yeah, I. you know, who am I to speculate on Lord Grumpy Dark and his motives? Right, uh, right. I think those only he knows. But I would say that the I would never leave well I never leave well enough alone is kind of like I will never stop recommending Daughter of Flood and Fury mm. by Levi Jacobs and why stop because it's a fantastic book and I think that 
anyway, what Lord Grumpy Dark was probably trying to get at is this idea that last time we spoke to Levi, he was talking about doing what he calls a trilogy of trilogies in the Tidecaller Chronicles. Mm. And speaking of the word epic, that is the way that Levi is thinking about this series based on our last conversation. Yes, and, and I will he's say, going speaking to, to him, the, world like and, the yeah. setting that he's building, Yes, uh, we've only gotten book one so far, and it seems like he's holding a few cards, but... Uh, from our interview with him and talking about the books, he, it definitely seems like he has a lot built into this world and a lot pre-planned. And he knows he's very familiar with the history of it. And I, I believe that the, from the reading experience perspective, we're going to get even more of this epic sense brought into the Tidecaller Chronicles uh, as it goes on. So that's definitely something to look out for as uh a book two is in the works right now. If if you're following Levi Jacobs on Twitter, it's uh, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> yes, well said, Charles. So we've got next up Jesse Bird at Mister Brainley, and Jesse Bird recommends the Fiona Var Tapestry by Guy Gabriel K. Ah. Said a portal fantasy set in a Tolkien esque world. He helped Christopher. Christopher Tolkien, edit the Silmarillion. Mm -hmm. And Charles, neither of us has re read the Fionavar tapestry, if no. I'm correct. Yep. But we have both read Tigana, and you've read Under Heaven by Guy Gabriel K. Yep. So I'll I'll toss it to you over here. To, to yeah. you're the bigger Lord of the Rings yeah. guy too. Sure. So. Well, we've thank Go you, thank you. Well, we we we've talked about world building and setting as being really important things to consider when thinking about the strengths of Lord of the Rings and the kind of fine recommendations that fit those criteria. And we, both of us have always like, we hear Guy Gavril K, we go setting. He, he's got a unique right. mastery over setting that uh, has him stand out as a, as another pillar in the fantasy author community. And the pillar is the word of the day. Here, pillar Charles. is the We've word of the day. I'm vibing all over on the it. Place. Well, when you're talking about these great authors like Tolkien, yes. and then you're recommending <laughs> Guy Gavril K, Robin right. Hobb, George R. Yeah. R. Martin comes into the mix. It's like, okay, there are a lot of pillars. The, of we're the genre we're not being just talking about. any fantasy here. We're talking Lord <laughs> yes. of the Rings. So you got to bring in the heavy, the heavy hitters here. And, Tolkien is a great recommendation by Jesse Bird because Guy Gavril K he he does an intense amount of research in in like real world history and that influences the series that he writes. We read Tigana which is heavily inspired by Mediterranean history and I read Under Heaven which is inspired by a very specific dynasty in China and it's incredible the worlds he's able to create where he balances the line of historical influ like historical fiction and fantasy in, in a way that has him stand out as an author. And I, I see in your response to Jesse Bird, you had mentioned memorable settings and that, yeah. that's just, that's how we both think. And that's what makes him such a great wreck for Tolkien fans because Tolkien's very invested in his world and his setting. So if you're looking for someone who's approaching the world like a setting in a fantasy novel in a creative and interesting and very well-written way. 
uh, check out Guy Gavril K. And he gets it at a thematic level, which I really appreciate. Like, I love talking about how the themes correlate with the setting and world history in Tigana, yeah. but I don't want to get into that now, but I'm just saying, like, he's a great wreck for Tolkien. So, Jesse Bird, great I idea. totally agree. And that's so well said, Charles. The, the only bit I'd probably add is this almost poetic way of writing prose yeah. oh, at yeah. times that I would say... And, and that, I don't know, that's wrapped into all this setting stuff for me. Is it just, I don't know, Guy Gabriel K just, he knows how to just capture a mood in a way. And it's, it's through the prose, it's through the setting. And I think that's one of Tolkien's many great gifts as a storyteller, which is this ability to convey in almost a poetic and epic sense what is going down and I gave her okay. So good at that too. So great wreck. And I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see what, what Kay would do with a more Tolkien-esque setting. Like that's not actually what I think of with Kay, because I think of him as someone who tends to latch on to settings that are not your typical fantasy setting, and it doesn't get any more typical fantasy yeah. setting than well, Tolkien-esque. I, I, I think so he I'm gets inspired to see. by history and he and historical fiction. So there's not like a history that could compare to Tolkien's world. Tolkien's world is is so deep into this epic fantasy nature, uh, and, and that might be you know I haven't read this this book that's being recommended here, and that might be his his foray into a more epic fantasy setting. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't researched this book, but uh, I think this book was recommended for a very specific reason. We're talking about Lord of the Rings here. So yeah. I, that's going to be your best bet, I, I would assume, just based off of like the fact that it's being recommended here. Jesse Bird went on to say, in response to my comment, said, Tagana is probably my favorite of his. It's a good bridge from Fionavar to his later, more historical-like work. So mm. this this bridge yeah. word coming up again. Bridges and pillars. Bridges Charles. and pillars. So <laughs> we've got this idea Oh, actually, of... that's very interesting. we got bridges and we've got pillars. <laughs> I, I <like> yeah. That. <laughs> yes. Because I was mentioning bridge as Tad Williams as the bridge from Tolkien to Martin. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we've got here the bridge of of Tagana is kind of sitting in the middle, I guess, of Fionavar as the more typical fantasy. So I, I see why Fionavar, even if it's not Jesse Bird's favorite, would be the, the one that sticks out as like, okay, you're going from Tolkien. Let's take you to Fionavar. Oh, you love Fionavar. Check out Tigana and then go from there. Yeah, so yeah. I love this. This is a great wreck. And yeah. I, I love the way that Jesse Bird's thinking. Yeah, and I appreciated that, you know, instead of recommending Tigana flat out, he, he, he they considered, yeah. um, they, they considered the fact that this is what's more Lord of the Rings friendly of, uh, his yeah. works and so that, yeah, that's a great idea that's how we try to think about this stuff a lot of times too mm-hmm. is i mean and the same thing with like faithful in the fallen versus the shadow of the gods for john Gwynn. Yeah. it's like i love that people are coming in and thinking about this more about like okay we're giving recommendations for lord of the rings fans even if the shadow of the gods is what is right now the hot topic and the thing that charles and i are are yes immediately on yeah it is also not necessarily the the first thing that c- 
comes to mind in John Gwen's work as a recommendation for fans of Lord of the Rings. So we're glad right. people are thinking about absolutely. this through this lens. I think now, it'll make it super helpful. Absolutely. Now, Dylan, I'm going to check in on you here. You're doing great with the navigating. We yes. are rapidly approaching a time in the show in which we should consider winding down. Are there people that we need? There are two more recommendations right. that I want. Because I do have a few I want to plop in, but then, I can do yeah. them really quickly. So sure. let's let's get more people. Let's get more Rex yes. in here. Well, yeah, the first one comes from Trev Fleming at Trev Fleming one. And that one, this will probably be quick because we're not super familiar with this book or series. Instruments of Omen series by a Davis, Davis Ashura. And Trev said, great action, nice twist on classic fantasy tropes. And I did do a little bit of research into this one and was seeing things like earning a place at a prestigious elven warrior academy is what's happening Uh. with the young main character and progressing into the idea of being a legendary warrior and those kind of things so that makes total sense and we're talking about elves and things like that so i see why that would be a great recommendation Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. sure yeah and then we've got uh, will at tepesh and uh, this is will from a podcast that we love, Tales from the Waystone, a ah. King podcast. So this is that Will. Uh, he's one of the co-hosts over there with Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. And Will gave a recommendation that is near and dear to my heart, Charles, if, if you're reading this now. Mm-hmm. And he says it so well. For a contemporary suggestion, I highly recommend N.K. Jemison's Broken Earth Trilogy. Oh, yeah. She constructs a deep, rich world that feels unique and lived in and describes it with artful prose that jumps off the page and puts you into the story. And that was one of those... I was just like, well, I I pretty much just said I love this recommendation. Thank you, because I'm so glad it gives us the opportunity to recommend N.K. Jemison's work. Charles, this is one that I think I pitched to you in our first ever oh, yeah. uh, friends pitching fantasy as a book uh, series, as a series that I really want to get into. N.K. Jemison, she has a counseling background, which obviously appeals to me as I'm in that field. And she just, uh, this idea of deep, rich world. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. And also deep, rich characters and just such a, new twist and i think this is a kind of wreck that would appeal to a lot of lord of the rings fans while also if they have any kind of reaction like i had to it blowing their minds because there's things that nk jemison does with this series that i think even uh, someone who's read a ton of modern fantasy work like yourself charles Mm -hmm. would be would Sad. I'm just trying not to spoil anything because I can't wait till. Oh yeah, don't you dare! You get, because I really want to read and, this. <laughs> uh, there's things that I just want to talk to you so much about, Charles, because there's oh, just mechan- like new ways of doing things that Jemison does. I just haven't I seen know, I know. before I'm, I'm or so since. Excited. It's so good, I'm dude! So it's so good. I'm so excited to read. 
uh, the Broken Earth trilogy. It's one yes. that has been at the top of my TBR for so long, and there's so much I like about it. And I will say, reading Will's recommendation as someone who has not read Broken Earth trilogy and is yeah. a Tolkien fan, he touches on something here that we haven't really discussed yet about what makes Lord of the Rings so good and what might make you recommend another series. The idea that it puts you into the story. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings world is so immersive and you're on this journey, you're on this adventure that you are engaged in and enraptured by. And it sounds like he's recommending Broken Earth Trilogy because I would have never thought just from the murmurings I've heard about Broken Earth Trilogy that I would compare it to Lord of the Rings so quickly. But when I hear about the rich world and the engaging, like how engaging the story is, I get that completely. And I think that's what a lot of like fantasy authors and worlds try and do is sweep you away and sweep you into it. And so when there's an author who has mastered that and when there's a series that masters that, it's definitely worth recommending to a Lord of the Rings fan because that's really the 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 high that we're chasing, right? Is this immersive foreign experience. And it sounds like Will is coming at recommending Broken a trilogy from that perspective. And Dylan is someone that's read it. Am I uh, like along the right lines here? Yes. Yeah, the world is extremely well built. I would say that N.K. Jemisin shows a lot of restraint. It, like you can tell the world is so well built mm. and also she doesn't give you any more of it than what matters for telling the story. But this idea of lived in and gone on for a long time and these systems are all in place is so on point. And again, Charles, you said didn't pop into your mind with what you've heard of the Broken Earth trilogy, Mm -hmm. and I love what you've heard from Broken Earth trilogy is probably from me. And it's not the... You know, I'm not always the first person to talk about world building. (laughs) I'm much more likely to talk about characters quicker than that. Uh, uh, But I'll say that it's, it's, again, is a reminder of why we do these recommendation series in this way, because even when people bring up books that I love and want to talk about they're not always books that i would immediately think to recommend for the type of recommendation series that we're doing Mm -hmm. and then they say it like will did here they say it they express why and things just click into my brain where i'm like yes i I would not have thought to say that but that is so true will and that is yeah i don't really have a lot more to add than what will said and what you said and Oh, and I want to mention that Phoenix from the Tales from the Waystone account also popped by and talked about that she's reading The City We Became, which is also N.K. Jemisin, and kind of we, we geeked down a little bit about uh, <laughs> about this work, but I don't think Phoenix has gone, from what I remember of this conversation, has not gotten the chance to read Broken Earth yet. So I'm just excited for all of my friends to start reading Broken Earth when they get the chance. And K. Jemison's work is. I know. I have so. a copy. I'm excited to read it. Just, oh, you just, have it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. It just has it. It's awesome. Yeah, I like caught a sale at some point, and I was like, well, I'm definitely reading it, so I'm getting it. And I just, you know, I have it um, on Kindle, so I'm excited to to jump into it. And yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, Will and Phoenix, Tales from the Waystone. You know, I'm surprised no King Killer was mentioned, but you know what? They're two very different books. They're both fantastic. <laughs> I would highly recommend anyone to fans that's a fan of fantasy to read both. Uh, but it, it, it just it hasn't come, come up. To me yeah, as a Lord fair. of the 
<laughs> yeah, uh, and I can appreciate when two people talk about uh, King Killer Chronicles on their show dedicated to the King Killer Chronicles to come out and not recommend it. It's like you know you should be listening now. It's like okay, when they recommend another series over King Killer, you should be paying attention. <laughs> yeah, well, they've always been great about that when they've popped in on these recommendations. Right. I think uh, when I think they did recommend they recommend it when it makes sense to yeah, recommend. Yeah, yeah. Like they recommend it for Mistborn from the perspective of the hard magic system style of the, uh, you know, sympathy and mm-hmm. comparing that to Mistborn's magic system and things like that. But yeah, I I just think if you're a Lord of the Rings fan and you're looking for this epic questing and all this kind of stuff, that might lean into some of the things about the Kingkiller Chronicle that people sometimes get disappointed about yeah. when they have uh, different totally expectations. Fair, right. We got into this in our What is the King Killer Chronicle about episode for, for any King Killer Chronicle fans who want to hear us talk more about that. So but, Yeah, tons yeah. of other wrecks on here are worth diving into for us Lord of the Rings fans out there. And uh yeah, this, these were some really great wrecks. I have a few yeah. if you know we're we're winding down and we're at the point where we can give our few before sure. hopping off here. Uh, and the first one that we both kind of alluded to at the beginning was Wheel of Time. It's yeah. one that started as a very obviously direct parallel. Like you can tell Robert For Jordan, sure. the author of the Wheel of Time, was using a lot of similar plot elements and like world development pieces from Lord of the Rings in which to springboard his own story. So you're reading the, you're reading the, uh, the eye of the world, the first book of the wheel of time. And you're like, I think I've maybe been here before. Like there's a lot of things I recognize from Lord of the Rings. And then the series is like, okay, now let's go. And, and here's what I do with my world building. And, it's very interesting to see that and it's interesting to see how far like world building in an epic fantasy genre can go and Robert Jordan certainly a master of that. So that's an obvious recommendation. And I don't know Dylan if you have anything to contribute to that. <laughs> I think I think I'd go along the same lines. When you think world building and just extremely rich lived in worlds and things like that. Lord of the Rings, of course, comes up, and then Wheel of Time comes up, too. You got to be ready and geared up for a much longer journey if Way you're going to go with the Wheel of Time. Yeah. It is 14 books plus 15 if you count a prequel. And, and all of those books are like twice at least the length of Lord, yeah. of the, like Lord of the Rings books are relatively small for a fantasy book. So, And Wheel of Time is relatively long. So. Exactly. Can, but can... high fantasy with yeah. prophecies and epic heroes and stakes that... Uh, have all these legendary figures wrapped yeah. up in it. There's and those orc kind of equivalents. Things. There's Gandalf equivalents. Yeah. There's all kinds of equivalents. <laughs> but then, you know, I think Robert Jordan invites the comparison deliberately in his first couple works and yes. then spices it's a, it's it up as a he love goes. letter to it. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I also think in terms of like, if you're talking about bridges, right? Where it's like, Ooh. if you're trying to get from Tolkien to, to, modern fantasy land the the bridge that is this 20 year span of wheel of time and 14 books is a great one to take because it ends up with um people like brandon sanderson who finished the wheel of time and is a very accomplished modern fantasy author and you can start reading you know you've already read some of his influence in wheel of time and then it's a great foray into his works now and um it's a great transition piece I'm surprised Sanderson didn't come up at all in this one. Mm, yeah, 
I I think any Tolkien fan would get a lot would have a lot of fun reading Sanderson and Sanderson does a lot of really great things in the fantasy genre but yeah it's it's one of those things where there's uh, I I can only like Sanderson didn't come to my mind either and that just must be because I haven't read his more epic works I've I've read a lot of his more standalone works and condensed works and I love them for that um he does interesting things with tropes and characters and things that yeah. that Tolkien really prioritized. So I can see why the comparison is not super obvious. But I mean, epic fantasy. We we mentioned Stormlight for that, and he's coming up for yeah. as Wheel of Time. So um, those are all true. For sure. The other, the only other book that I would recommend. I'm actually rewinding the clock. I'm going. Like Ooh. before Tolkien, I'm going Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. Whoa. Because if you. They were buddies, they right? They were buddies, absolutely. They were actually Tolkien colleagues. And, and they would, you know, compare notes. And I have a quote from Tolkien about C.S. Lewis The unpayable Ooh. debt that I owe to him was not influence, but sheer encouragement. He was for long my only audience. So they were collaborating. They were you know, colleagues, both like in academia and as authors. So it would only make sense to like read the two and see where they're at. These were two people writing, comparing notes, talking behind the scenes, giving feedback and encouragement to each other. So in that sense, it's really interesting. A lot of classic epic fantasy elements and talking about like pulling you into the story and taking you somewhere else. Narnia literally does that (laughs) and um, both in the story and as the reading experience. So uh, it's a very clever book for those reasons. And if you like more classic works of fantasy, that's, I mean, besides like, uh, Lord of the Rings is like C.S. Lewis is right there next to him. Talk about pillars and fantasy. So <laughs> that would be my recommendation. Yeah, I get that. I read I read The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe as a kid, yeah. and I enjoyed it a, a lot. It was one of those. It was another one of those sort of moments. Uh, I've talked about this in our fantasy books that changed our lives. Mm-hmm. Not I didn't talk about Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, but now that I'm thinking about it, it's like this moment of like. I was late to the fantasy fan game mm-hmm. compared to people who started as children. Mm-hmm. And I did read Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe and enjoyed it a lot as a kid, but for some <laughs> reason did not stop to think, hey, maybe I like fantasy yeah. books. So that's <laughs> one of the things that comes up for me that's around that one. And I, I think it does make a lot of sense of why why you'd recommend that mm-hmm. one. Can I, Charles, can I give one just super brief yeah. rec at the end yeah, let's here? let's do it. Because I can't help myself. Recommend it. The First Law by Joe Abercrombie. And I think <laughs> you are so you recommended, when we did our, uh, yeah, here's Charles is shaking <laughs> his head. But here, I was shaking my head when Charles took the opportunity in our book recommendations for fans of the first law episode that's that we did true. way back <laughs> when you brought up the lord of the it was like the first thing you talked about i was like people are tuning in for this and it's fine if you bury you know it's like people are tuning in 
to this book recommendations for fans of the first law and like the first thing out of our mouth is like check out the lord of the rings and it's like should you though <laughs> like and i think that the connection you made there charles which made a lot of sense i just wouldn't have led with it in <laughs> in that episode personally but it's cool that you did it's fine. <laughs> uh that the first law while it is completely different in tone, it is it gets labeled grimdark a lot. Joe Abercrombie has a much more cynical view, from what I can gather, of humanity <laughs> uh, than did Tolkien, from what I can gather. And that all being said, the first law, it stands on the shoulders of giants, I think, with Tolkien in the sense that you can tell that Abercrombie is playing with an, and dare I say the S word, <gasps> subverting. Oh, not that S word. It is a clean podcast. The fantasy S word. <laughs> the fantasy S word, which is subverting. It's probably storms, which is what they say. It's like the curse in Stormlight Archive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, sorry. <laughs> I digress. The first law is something that I think you appreciate or you have the opportunity to appreciate even more when you've read the Lord of the Rings and seen the Lord of the Rings movies and you get a sense for what kind of tropes Joe Abercrombie is trying to give his own very unique, twisted at times, character-driven perspective toward. And mm. I, I think that, look, this is why I'm bringing it up at the end here because it's, it's not the main recommendation for people who are like, I love the epicness and the world building and all the that kind of stuff of Lord of the Rings. But if you're like, I'm, I've watched Lord of the Rings a bazillion times. I'm ready for something that takes a totally new approach with this uh, and messes with some things I understand about the Lord of the Rings. Then Joe Abercrombie's work might be for you yeah and i just can't I it's love interesting it so to recommend myself. it from the idea of like hey you're looking for something different <laughs> like, then read <laughs> this different but like amazing like then read this because it's true and i stand by my decision yeah. to open with lord of the rings and, uh, and our abercrombie <laughs> you're recommendation to do because it like you mentioned in your review now it's another level of appreciation for what's yeah. going on just in the meta of fantasy authors and inspirations and tropes and subversions and things like that it's a whole nother level of appreciation to a story that's totally entertaining without it but uh i would highly recommend it just so you can see another layer of what's going on and yeah, I, I agree, and it's true. If, if you read Lord of the Rings a bunch of times and you read a bunch of other classic fantasy and you really enjoyed it and you start to be like, am I just reading a lot of similar stuff over and over? And if you're looking for something to reinvigorate that passion of fantasy, then this is a take that <laughs> Or will... stomp all your hope or, into yeah, the or, or, dirt. Or just like... Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> but that is amazingly written Yeah, that <laughs> while doing is, that. Yeah, exactly. Then it's great. And... Uh, 
a lot more mature themes brought into the fold if you're into that which and morally gray complex characters and yeah, not yeah. this good versus evil stuff it, and, yeah you know you gotta be ready for all that yeah it's yeah, not, yeah. yeah i mean if you were watching this it's like man why are the good characters just so good and why are the bad characters just so bad that's not how humans would behave and then maybe you should read that's this probably and, what Joe yeah, Abercrombie yeah was because i'm sure Joe Abercrombie <laughs> was like i love these books but this is not how i would believe a character would make decisions yeah. or react in, the, in this environment and it's interesting to have that conversation but if that's the if you're in that same world and you haven't read abercrombie yet then pick it up because it is uh one of our personal favorites and we're in the middle of reading abercrombie's works right now so we're just, uh, coming up next is a uh, shadow of the gods which you're oh not shadow of the gods <laughs> that's john gwynn which is coming up next <laughs> we've but got we've got a lot of best gwynn served on the cold. These yes days. yes best served cold i do have gwynn on my mind like i have that date on my calendar like oh man i can't wait to crack the cover on may 2nd i believe and uh but we are also reading abercrombie so definitely recommend it yeah yeah and charles one of these days i'm gonna write you what a, a nice letter like that uh that letter that oh yeah <laughs> that, that uh tolkien, tolkien wrote, wrote to lewis. C.S. lewis i was like i was like that's so kind yeah <laughs> one of these uh, <laughs> yeah that, that, one of these it days, seems I'll like you them. like they even have like diary entries about each other that people oh. quote and it, and it seemed like a very wholesome um collaborative duo i don't know exactly how friendly they were i don't know if they're lifelong friends like us but they certainly were Charles trying to grandstand <laughs> trying to grandstand well i don't want to like Lewis build this picture Tolkien. that they're arm and arm buddies when i don't know and it seems yeah. like they were more like co-workers and collaborators uh but they did you know they were of similar mind and i know that i believe actually Treebeard might have been um influenced oh, no. by c.s lewis so i do believe that that's the case <laughs> i don't want to well, don't I'll quote refrain, me on that yeah, but from comment on that. <laughs> i do want to say that that was the case so yeah anyway and then loyal was based on loyal from real time was based on Treebeard. so we have c.s lewis <laughs> to thank for all of this yeah yeah and, and token so, and Tolkien certainly played a role in, <laughs> in the crafting of Treebeard <laughs> as a character in his book. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I think we made it to the end, right? Yeah, I think that we can say we've made it here without being hasty. Mm, and For sure. <laughs> yeah, but if we were a little bit hasty and we did miss your recommendation, nice. then I, nice. I do apologize it's, yeah, we yeah. got a lot of really great responses here. We 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 get to as many of them as we can, and sometimes we miss them in the feed or anything like that. But to everyone that left a recommendation, thank you so much. These are so fun, and yeah. only because uh, you guys really know your stuff and recommend some really <laughs> like really change my perspective on certain authors and make me excited to read others. And you're certainly these recommendations have these recommendation series have influenced me quite a bit. And I think you'll see that in the next friends pitching Ooh. fantasy from my perspective. So nice I really so appreciate how you do it. Yeah. You just, <laughs> you just say, maybe I'll do this thing. And then people are like, Ooh, well, I want to tune in instead of just, I'm definitely going to do the th- our recommendation like series. So you 
guys are like I, I feel sometimes we're like oh add that to my TBR add that to my TBR and <laughs> like it's true because they're all I'm interested in everything that are is getting recommended by this community uh, and I'm hoping to act on that very soon I'm super excited yeah. and these series just get me so excited to read more and when we're constantly reading books that motivation is super super appreciated and helpful so thank you to everyone that yes. left a recommendation thank you so much we're so grateful that folks come out and support us by making these recommendations that they think of all these incredible books that oh, yeah. we would not have thought of if we were just left to our own devices and that you all make our show much better and hopefully we're you know we're helping contribute to the community by spreading all your amazing ideas uh, while we get in the way of it by rambling about <laughs> bridges and pillars. <laughs> yeah. it's an That's like the alternative title to this, Charles. You know, I like those like uh, those or titles like Birdman or the unexpected virtue of ignorance. I think this one is book recommendations for fans of the Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien or bridges between pillars. <laughs> Like that, it's like an artsier title goes in the yeah yeah in the or in parentheses. I love it. (laughs) No, I think it's a great title, and it has me you know now thinking about the history of fantasy and all these other things. But that's for another day. For now, we are thanking everybody, and 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 Dylan, if I'm not mistaken, I think we're ready for that sweet sweet outro music. Let's get that sweet sweet outro music pumping, and and thank you all again. We're so all again. Let's get it rocking. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone, for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. If you like what you heard today, you want to engage with the show, you want to catch us the next time around when we do a recommendation series, which we hope is very, very soon, and give your recommendations, well, the best place to do that is at the FTF Podcast with a number one at the end on Twitter. And you can also catch us over on Instagram at the FTF Podcast. Now, Dylan, if they like what they heard and they want to further support the show and they just so happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, what can they do? Toss five stars to our podcast. Just kick, click, don't kick anything, please. (laughs) Click the Friends Talking Fantasy page on the Apple Podcast app. Scroll down past any of those episodes you're seeing until you start seeing stars. Once you're seeing stars, the optimal number of those to click in order to support the show would be five of them. If you have a little bit of extra time, then writing a review is an extremely helpful way to support a show like ours and help people find us on Apple Podcasts. But just listening is more than enough. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you all. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends.